With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to day number two of NFL Free Agency, the legal tampering period. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I am joined by the man who is the owner, operator, lead reporter, and all things important over at JetsInsider.com. Of course, above all of that, he is a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. What's going on, Chris? Uh, not much, you know, just still trying to clear some of the cobwebs out my eyes from the, the blur of yesterday and, uh, you know, trying to just see properly. Seems like we got some news to talk about. Some stuff happened yesterday. We'll get into that in a second. Real quickly, though, before that, I just want to address this Jamal Adams thing that happened to me yesterday. Essentially, on Twitter, I think it was last week, a couple of people floated the idea and seriously floated the idea of the Jets trading Jamal Adams for some draft picks and then using some of their cap space to go chase somebody like Honey Badger or Landon Collins. Everybody, for the most part, thought this was an insane idea. So, obviously, it was ripe for ridicule, especially after yesterday when Landon Collins and Tyron Matthew, who we're going to get to later, signed major money contracts for $14 million a year each. So I tweeted out as a joke, making fun of the people that had floated the Jamal Adams trade idea last week, that I felt like the Jets not trading Jamal Adams and being able to spend $14 million on Landon Collins and Tyron Matthew was a lost opportunity. Clearly, the tweet was dripping with sarcasm. Well, somehow it got into the hands of Jamal Adams. I'm still not entirely sure whether he thought it was serious or thought it was a joke because the way he phrased it, he wrote, I love it, LOL. So he could have been taking a swipe at me or he might have realized what I was doing because I'm sure he remembers that other tweet since he quote tweeted somebody who had floated the idea. I'm not entirely sure, but what I can tell you is that a ton of Jamal Adams fans took it seriously and started swarming me on Twitter, calling me an idiot. I have to say, first of all, for all the people that either follow me or are friends of mine and jumped into Jamal Adams' mentions and were defending me and making it very clear to those who didn't understand that I was joking, thank you. That was very nice of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Second of all, I don't really understand the mentality of these people that have to jump in like they're white knights and defend Jamal Adams like he needs defending. We get it. He's a really awesome player. And nobody loves him more than I do. In fact, the funniest part of all of this is, Chris, if you look at my timeline, an hour before I tweeted that joke, I tweeted that Jamal Adams is a gift to Jets fans and the Jets organization. We should all be thankful he's here and enjoy him. And if you disagree, you're welcome to your opinion, but you're wrong. An hour later, I tweeted that joke, and then everybody acted like I hate Jamal Adams or something like that. But I don't understand the mentality of people who have to do that. It just seems very childlike to me. 
And look, dunking on people on stuff like that without reading the context, if that's what gets your jollies, good for you, fine. But sometimes you might want to check the context. I will say this, though, all said and done, it really hurt me personally because I had to give Chris a raise to come back on the show because he's a very big deal and he didn't want to be associated with me after that because he was afraid Jamal would disown him. Oh, yeah, I, I texted you right after I saw it. I was, I was like, yep, no, I, I have to disassociate myself from you. I can't be risking having Jamal mad at me, not willing to talk to me. We, we can't do this. But you came back with the, the nice pairing, so I, I, I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and, uh, you know, and let it ride for a little bit. I, I'm sure I can convince Jamal. But I, uh, Jamal, I, I'm, I'm legit fifty-fifty split right now on whether Jamal thought you were serious or if he recognized it was a joke. It could go either way, and it's literally a split fifty-fifty. Like that, <laughs> the way he responded can be perfectly read in either way. It could be read just like he's just another one of his, like, wow, okay, or. It could be read as he was playing along with the joke because he, he understood, which now if, if he does remember the, the original tweet that started, that was the inspiration for your joke, which you would think he should, then he's probably joking, but he's probably, I don't know, who knows, he, he searches his name on Twitter, so maybe he does remember that too, but I could also see an NFL player not really remembering what happened on Twitter, uh, you know, three days ago and not really bothering to pay, pay attention to it. But yeah, it, it was definitely hilarious to see the people react. Uh, what I'll say about this for the people that react, I think it's uh, a little bit, you know, an insecurity thing. And it's like, listen, we're Jets, they're Jets fans. There's what, two, two people on the team that you can s- sit there and be comfortable defending blindly. So they're going to go ahead and they're going to defend Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams blindly, even if uh, they get a little too zealous in that defending. Yeah, the funny part of it all, of course, Chris, is the fact that I was making fun of the people that were suggesting that they trade him. So the whole idea was you're now making fun of somebody who's lampooning the original idea. It's kind of an ironic thing. I'm with you. I'm kind of split on whether or not he thought it was a joke. At first, I thought for sure he thought it was a joke because he wrote, I love it, LOL. The original tweet we're talking about, he wrote something like, wow, okay, which implies a little more like I can't believe somebody would say this. But the I love it, LOL, I thought meant that he remembered the original tweet and understood that I was joking, especially since my tweet was dripping with sarcasm. The only way it could have been more clear is if I would have said something like, it's a missed opportunity that they could have traded Jamal Adams and spent $14 million a year for inferior safeties like those guys. I thought that was kind of implied, but apparently that got lost on a lot of people. But enough about what happened with me and Jamal Adams. Let's get to the important stuff, Chris. The Jets making some waves in free agency. First and foremost, their biggest and first move was to re-sign Daryl Roberts. <laughs> yes, that blockbuster move. Um, that that's just getting all the attention. Uh, did they even sign anybody else or make any? No. Uh, yeah, you know Daryl Roberts is is a solid player. Uh, he's a solid cornerback. He actually he's played really well at cornerback. The bowls is gone, so we won't see any more of this moving to, to free safety st- thing that he had to do last year with all the injuries to safety. Um, but he's a really solid cornerback. The, the question and concern right now, as you look at it, Morris Claiborne's almost certainly not coming back. So is Darren Roberts going to be the starting outside corner opposite Trumaine Johnson? Or are they going to look to get somebody else? Or are they going to look to draft somebody and then have – Roberts be a depth play because Buster Screen is also gone. He's in Chicago now. So then uh, you have to worry about uh, some, uh, getting a nickel corner because I, I know they drafted Perry Nickerson last year, but we didn't see anything from him last, last year that would uh, make you comfortable with him putting there. But uh, the, the Daryl Roberts signing is a good signing, uh, you know, quality player there. Uh, but they, they can't be done at cornerback. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Cheap depth, that's what this yes. is And that's fine, it's kind of like Jonathan Harrison Although obviously I think Daryl Roberts Will play a lot more than Jonathan Harrison yeah. But that's all this is and there's nothing wrong with it He's a guy who's fine when he's coming in As a third or a fourth cornerback Preferably a fourth cornerback He can play a little bit, he's nothing special But they need bodies and they need People that they can trust And I think that when he plays corner He's at least passable when he's in there In certain spots, so I'm fine with it. I'm also fine with Josh Bellamy, and I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about him. He's a wide receiver that's bounced around a lot. He was on the Bears most recently. He's more of a special teams player from what I understand, and so if Brant Boyer likes him, I trust Brant Boyer, and I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on special teams, so if that's who he wants, fine. It's pretty much my read on this, Chris. Yeah, um, you know, the thing with Bellamy, you know, the thing about it is – a first day signing. That's that's kind of what jumps out at. If if we wait until Thursday or Friday and they announce it, I'm just like, okay, it's good signing, cool, and not thinking anything more of it. The first day signing is what made it jump out to people. But I have a theory about this that uh, you know McCagnan kind of acquiesces to his coaches. He works with his coaches and talks to them about who they like, who they'd want to go after. Talked about this in the past how he gave John Morton the ability to select Ardarius Stewart before Morton was ever an offensive coordinator for them for a single game. Um, So I kind of think McCagnan went to Gase, he went to Greg Williams, and he went to Boyer, and he was like, tell me some guys you want, and and I'm going to go out and get at least one of those guys with all that money there, and I'm sure Brant Boyer turned to him and said, get me this guy, Josh Bellamy. And I tweeted this out yesterday. I, I found an article and I tweeted it out a little tongue in cheek because it was a, an article that somebody, a Bears reporter had wrote last year about how um, Bellamy, how beloved he is by his teammates, how he's a hard worker and how the Bears players see him as a the perfect player for championship building championship culture. And I know how fans love the <clears throat> the culture tag anytime that gets on there. So uh, if you go on my Twitter timeline, you can scroll down and you can see that article out there. But he's a hard worker that his teammates and everybody really love. He's someone that Brant Boyer will love. And he's definitely more, you know, he's a gunner. He's not a returner. And he, he can be depth, you know, extreme depth at receiver, but you're not going to be seeing him running a whole lot of routes for the Jets unless they're in, like, serious injury trouble at receiver. This is true, but one guy who will be running plenty of routes for the Jets is their newest signing at wide receiver, a guy that was signed before Bellamy. He was the first external free agent that the Jets signed yesterday, and that is Jamison Crowder, who is the productive slot receiver with the Washington Redskins. Our own Michael Nania has done some really impressive work on the statistics behind Jamison Crowder, which you can check out at gangrenation.com, and you can also go into our archives and listen to the episode of Chronicles of Nania where he talked about that. Joe Blewett has started a film study. And if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see some of the breakdown. He's not completely finished yet, but there's some nice plays up there. This is a guy that I've been screaming about for weeks. I thought that he was the most undervalued receiver on the market, and I thought he would be a perfect fit in the Gase offense for a variety of reasons. Reliable slot target, guy who can make plays after the catch, shifty route runner. He can do a lot. Now he's small. His hands aren't perfect, so there's going to be times when he doesn't make catches. But overall, a productive weapon, somebody that's young too, only 25 years old. To me, this is the type of guy you spend some money on in free agency. Get yourself a weapon in that passing game. I love the move. Couldn't be happier. Three years, $28.5 million, 17 guaranteed. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, and it was funny because I, I tweeted when it happened that, that Jets kind of snuck this one past all of us. Uh, the attention was on Cole Beasley and Adam Humphreys, and that's that's what we were hearing connected to the Jets. And I was I actually mentioned on air yesterday, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't heard any connection with Crowder. I would think there was. Me and you talked about 
him being a really good player, somebody they should look at. And I wasn't hearing anything about it. And it just, they snuck it past us and they got it. And I think it's a great move. There's, he's, you know, he's got higher upside. He's got more big playability than somebody like Humphreys or Cole Beasley. There's two types of ways you can go with slot receivers where you can just get the steady possession guy. Or you can look for somebody who can be the steady possession guy, but will break, uh, you know, every four to five catches, he'll break off a big play by getting a bunch of yak after the catch, you know. And uh, that's Jamison Call Shifty guy, like you said. He can make uh, make the catch and then turn on a dime and get upfield really quick. And uh, his ability to make plays with the ball in his hand after the catch that's what makes him a uh, higher ceiling, a higher upside signing than a Humphreys or Cole Beasley would have made. And, you know, he's he had his success with the Washington offense. Uh, but, you know, that offense had, you know, early in the, uh, his rookie year, there was a lot of other targets getting the ball. And then, you know, they've sh- struggled the last couple of years as a team in an offense. But he is a playmaker. He is somebody that the Jets needed somebody that adds some firepower to this receiving core. Now they still don't have a true number one receiver, somebody who can beat one-on-one coverage every time, pretty much. If they're going to look for that, it's going to have to be in the draft. But this is a really nice core with uh, Crowder, Quincy Nunwa, Robbie Anderson, and then you throw in Herndon in the mix too. Uh, It's a really nice core to work with uh, for Sam Darnold. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. People talking a lot, too, about the fact that Adam Humphreys got less than we expected, and he actually got right around what Crowder got. Four years, $36 million, so $9 million a year as opposed to Crowder, who got slightly more per year but slightly less guaranteed because I think Humphreys got $19 million guaranteed as opposed to Crowder, seventeen. I think what this really boils down to is, like you said, Chris, it's about the fit and the style. So they wanted somebody more like Crowder who could make plays in space as opposed to Humphreys, who's maybe more of a reliable guy over the middle, can take some smashes, that kind of stuff. They felt like they really needed somebody that could make plays in space, in this case, offense. And I feel like in a lot of ways, this is a lot like what happened in 2014. If you remember, Chris, Eric Decker and Golden Tate were both free agents. There was talk of which one the Jets would go after. They ended up signing Decker. Tate went to the Lions. Now, obviously, we didn't know that Decker would get hurt and his career would be shortened. But both guys were very good receivers and were going to help the Jets a lot if they had been added to the team. So whether it's Crowder or Humphreys, I think either guy would have helped a lot. I think that Crowder might be the better fit in Gase's offense. I know that Gase thinks that, and that's why they made this move. So I'm very happy with it. But Chris, Crowder was just the beginning. We thought that things might be interesting yesterday. We had no idea just how interesting they were going to be because it seemed like the Jets were in on everybody, according to reports. Although, as you pointed out, they have a ton of cap space, so agents are going to float this stuff out there to drive up prices. But... One guy that you had mentioned that you heard yesterday that the Jets were in on big time and there had been rumblings over the weekend was Anthony Barr, the linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings, another guy that I've been screaming for because I think that based on his UCLA tape and what he's done situationally in Minnesota, he could be a very, very effective pass rusher if used properly by Greg Williams. And apparently the Jets think so too, signing him to a mega deal. The whispers are that it's going to be for about $14 million a year. And we're going to get into this, Chris. There's a lot to unpack with Anthony Barr. There are people saying he can't be a full-time edge. There are people saying that he can. I don't really think it matters that much what the label is, whether he's a full-time edge or he's a guy that plays a lot of edge in a lot of other places. The key here for me is that Greg Williams clearly believes that Barr is a major weapon as a pass rusher. That's why they made this move. And whether it's strictly as an edge, whether it's partially as an edge and then moving him around in other spots... The bottom line is Williams loves to attack quarterbacks, and if he thinks that Barr can be his number one guy to go get the QBs, that's really all that it comes down to. So 
I think this is a great move. I think Barr can be a really strong pass rusher, whether it's just edge or mixed in with some other stuff. I think it's probably going to be a mixture of all of that. As we talked about yesterday, calculated risk, but this is the type of calculated risk that you need to take if you want to win in free agency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, he he's talent. They added talent. One thing I'll say is, uh, you know, I had heard the rumblings about Barr. I, I was sure they were going to go after him. Uh, we'll talk about the other linebacker after this, but I did not see them spending this much money on linebacker. And, uh, you know, but this is what happens sometimes in free agency. I know pretty much all offseason I've been talking about how the Jets wouldn't be able to spend all this cap space no matter how hard they tried. But I didn't see Anthony. I didn't know Anthony Barr was going to be available. I didn't know Kalichi Osemele was going to be available. I didn't know some of these guys were going to be available. And it looks like I was wrong because it looks like McCagnan is going to be able to spend all this money as long as he gets at least a couple of these other two parts. But the thing with Anthony Barr, there's still there still seems to be a lot of people who are confused about what his role is going to be. And I know the Jets haven't come out and said anything yet, but. If I've, I follow some the Vikings beat writers, uh, one guy, Matthew Kohler, Kohler, C-O-L-L-E-R, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, he's he's talked about how, you know, there was uh, somebody who was tweeting about how it, they don't think it's possible for Barr to be an edge, which it seems a bit of an absurd take to be take that defiantly. But uh, the reporter responded that, since Barr has been there, he's been telling reporters he sees himself as an edge pass rusher. So to imagine that he would sign with, with a team for a big money contract, my guess is that the Jets also see him as that pass rusher. Now, of course, that all pass rushers sometimes drop into coverage and are used in different ways. So, of course, he's not just going to only be rushing the passer, but it does seem like that is going to be how they're trying to utilize him more often than not. And the thing is, you know, he did it in college. He was awesome in college at it. That's where I thought he was going to be get drafted and how he would be used. So I can definitely see and understand how people can be excited about the possibility and see potential there. We've talked about this before, about how sometimes what you see, and we talked about yesterday, where you can get value and find value in free agency by finding something where you think a player is used wrong and you use them in another way. So that's what the Jets are banking on and hoping for. To outright dismiss the possibility seems crazy, but it has been a while since he's been used that way in college. And uh, so it's, there's going to be some bumps in the road here. There's going to be a learning curve, an adjustment period for him. But the potential is there, and uh, I'm going to sit there and play this down the middle and to say, uh, you know, let's, let's wait and see what happens here. The, the guy signed. The deal is done. Well, it's not official yet, but it will be. Soon enough, he will be with the Jets, and then we can just sit back and watch how it plays out. But we know he has ability, and at worst-case scenario, he's still a really good player, even if he's not going to turn into a huge sack monster off the edge. Yeah, I think the downside here is really not that big, because like you said, Chris, he's already proven that he can play in another capacity. So worst case scenario, if he isn't the pass rushing stud that Greg Williams thinks he can be, and that Barr himself thinks he can be, because as you and I were talking about off the air, he has been begging for the opportunity to do this for years, and clearly he's going to be fired up and motivated to prove that this is what he should have been doing all along. But even if he isn't ultimately successful at it, you could still shift him back to his old position. He'll still be good. Maybe not quite worth the $14 million, but he'll still be a productive player so the downside to this is limited and as we talked about he's young and at the peak of his career just like another linebacker that the Jets added except this time it wasn't yesterday it was this morning talking about CJ Mosley the inside linebacker from the Baltimore Ravens huge deal for him five years 85 million dollars multiple time pro bowler kind of stunned that he even made it to free agency it didn't look like he was going to but at the last second he popped free a lot of people thought he was going to end up staying with the Ravens because that's where his heart was, but sometimes money trumps heart, and it sounds like what happened here was the Jets were told, look, he wants to go back to Baltimore, so if you want him, you're going to really have to overpay, and they decided it was worth it. To me, this tells you that Greg Williams really wanted him, thinks he could be one of the linchpins of his defense. I think this means that Darren Lee is in a lot of trouble. 
Yeah, it, it definitely means Darren Lee is in a lot of trouble. Best case scenario for Darren Lee right now is is he stays well if he wants to stay with the Jets, if he wants to get a chance to wear those new journey uh, jerseys that he campaigned for and got for the Jets, the best case for him there will be to be as a backup and in the sub package roles. And it could help him because it could take a little bit off his plate and allow him to focus on what he does best. But the thing about CJ Mosley, and we talked about this the other day too, and I mentioned it when talking about just, you know, briefly touching on the the possibility of trying to add somebody like a Landon Collins, somebody that isn't a huge position of need, not the top of the priority, not a huge position of value either, but the Jets, their roster was devoid of talent. They needed to add talent in any way they could. They need to add playmakers. They need to add all those types of guys. And remember Jamal Adams at the end of the season going on his rant about how the Jets needed more dogs. Kalecha Yosemite is a dog. CJ Mosley is a dog. These are the type of players he was talking about. These are the type. He's a you know an excellent player, but he's also a leader, a very hard worker. You know, you know, I'm not a believer, a huge believer in the culture stuff that's that comes with winning. But he is somebody that fits that mold. The people who look for culture and all that. That's CJ Mosley fits that. <clears throat> um. But he's he's a talent, and he upgrades the the position, and the Jets needed to add talent. He was one of the more talented players available, and again, he wasn't somebody that we thought was going to be uh, like that. But he was there for the Jets to be taken, and they pounced on it, and they were willing to pony up that little extra money to make sure he didn't return back to Baltimore. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Here's what I'll say. First of all, I don't know that Mosley would have been my top priority, but I think, like you said, right. Chris, this is just a guy who is too talented and too good. They just felt like with him sitting out there, they had to go at him with everything they had and try to land him, and they ultimately did. How I come at this is twofold. Number one, for all we talk about with not building teams through free agency, sometimes you don't really have a choice because of the fact that you don't draft well, and that's why they have all this cap space. So if you're going to have the cap space and you're going to spend... You want to spend as much of that money as possible on young players hitting their prime who are good to very good. You don't want to be spending on average players. You don't want to be spending on guys that are hurt all the time. You don't want to be spending on guys that are past their peak. Well, think about this. Jamison Crowder, 25. Mosley and Barr, both 26, 27. You're talking about guys that are good to very good. They're all at their peak. So if you're going to spend, this is what you spend on. Now, as far as Darren Lee, here's what I would say. He's making next to nothing. I think his cap number for next year is like $2 million. And then his fifth-year option kicks in, which I'm sure the Jets would decline. There's all this talk about the Jets cutting him or trading him. If Greg Williams simply wants him out of here, then fine. Go for it. Do what you need to do. However, considering that I don't think that the Jets are going to get anything for Darren Lee... And he's making such a small amount of money. I don't see why, unless Greg Williams wants him out of here, you wouldn't just hang on to him and sit him down and say, listen, Darren, here's the story. You have been disappointing in so many ways. Your play has been very up and down, not what we expected on the field. Off the field, you've been reprimanded by the team for violating team rules more than once. You got suspended by the league. You've made an idiot of yourself both in public and on social media. This is not what we thought we were getting when we drafted you 20th overall out of Ohio State. We went out, we got C.J. Mosley because he's an elite talent, he was available, and we felt like it was a move that we had to make, plus, quite frankly, we don't really feel like we can trust you. However, here is the good news. You've got one year left on your deal, and we will find a role for you. If you're willing to work hard, and you're willing to try and fit into this defense, we will find ways to use you and make you look good. You'll have opportunities here. So, if you are willing, 
You come in here, you work your butt off, you'll get opportunities for a year, and then you play well, you'll go get paid, whether it's by us or somebody else. That'll be the arrangement. It'll be a quid pro quo. We get a productive linebacker for a year. You get an opportunity to showcase your skills and then go get paid next year. Let's go do it. And that's what I would do if I was the Jets staff, if I was Gase, if I was Mack, if I was Greg Williams, I would sit him down and I would have this conversation. Again, if Williams just wants to get rid of him, fine. But I think that there's much more to be gained by doing something like what I just said than shipping him out for a conditional late round pick or outright cutting him, especially considering how little he's going to be paid in 2019. Yeah, I agree with you, especially at or at least in theory, uh, you know, without without imagining or thinking that they can get anything of real value in return for them. Obviously, we talked about this. If, if you could get a third or a fourth thing, yeah, go ahead and trade them. But we're not thinking that he can even get that. Uh, you know, and then even if would he get, could you get back a fifth? Well, if I could get back a fifth, maybe I'd be willing to trade it. But I'd rather wait until during the draft and I see who would I, I know that that player's a player I really want on board. Then maybe I'd consider it more. But I'd I'd be more inclined to keep him as depth. Um, a cheap price tag, like you said, give him another year, see what happens, see if you can figure something out. And again, if you put Mosley there and they're in a the spot, you have him off the bench, you're taking things off Darren Lee's plate. Maybe he can focus more on the parts that he does well. And we know he has wild inconsistencies when it comes to covering um you know, covering out of the backfield and as a linebacker and coverage. But the Jets, they they signed C.J. Mosley and Anthony Barr. Neither of those guys are going to be a help in coverage. They've, they're going to lose uh, Claiborne. They lost Buster Screen. So their cornerback situation's weakened a little bit. So I don't know that it makes total sense to just run away from a linebacker who can, at least in spurts, do some coverage, even if it's inconsistent. But what I will say this is this is the perfect recipe for a player to get the boot, to get cut from the team. A former first-round pick, underperformed during his time, new coaching staff, also got suspended to end the year. That's, that's the perfect recipe for a player to just get shown the door and go find a new team. So... I, I won't be surprised at all if he's if that's what the Jets do. I tend to think that is the how they're going to play it. But I agree with you. If it's not going to be for a you know a major enough draft pick or a good enough player in return, I think you're better off just holding on to him and seeing what you can get out of him this year. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free any Anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Darren Lee may or may not be moving on from the Jets at some point, but one guy who definitely will be, it appears, is Josh McCown. He has decided that he wants to take some time away and be with his family. He did make it clear that he would like to continue playing, but that he doesn't think it's fair to himself or the organization to try and stick around at this moment. He wants to take some time with his family and figure out his next move. And so his time with the New York Jets is over, at least as a player. Who knows, at some point he could be back as a quarterback coach. It wouldn't completely surprise me considering how high the regime here is on him as a football mind. We'll see down the line, I suppose. But there are also whispers about who could replace McCown as the backup for Sam Darnold And one guy would be kind of a familiar face to Jets fans Somebody who's tortured them a fair amount of times And that is former Miami Dolphins starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill Who's expected to be released I said this on Twitter and I'll say it again Chris I wouldn't do a dance of joy for this But I wouldn't hate it either Tannehill when healthy is not a bad quarterback And as a backup you could do a hell of a lot worse yeah, you know, it depend. It will obviously depend on the price tag, and also I think you know, let's say if this was next year or the year after that, I'd be I'm more saying that you should go after him because this is the thing with Tannehill. It, he's not a great starter. Not somebody. You definitely not a franchise quarterback. He's an, about an average starter, maybe a little bit below even, but he's 
he can make plays with his legs. He's beat the Jets numerous times with his legs. Uh, that's I know that's a terrible reason to pick somebody, but I'm saying we've seen it. And uh, to have him as a backup, where his biggest problem, his biggest issue has been staying healthy. He has struggled staying healthy. But if you need, if if the Jets are competitive, going to compete for a playoff spot. They're going to be in competition. And Sam Darnold gets knocked out of the game or he has to miss a game or two. I don't know how many other quarterbacks you can find out there to be a backup who would give you a better chance to sneak a win or two than Ryan Tannehill would. Obviously, if he's got to play an extended period of time, then that's a concern. But that's a concern with anybody. If Darnold's going to miss an extended period of time, it doesn't really matter who the backup is at that point. What you need and want in the backup is somebody who, for a game or two, could come in and handle it and win you those games or twos. And that's what he can do. And, again, it'll depend on the price tag. And it might have a little less value this year because I'm, I still don't think, even with these moves, that the Jets are going to be like super competitive for a playoff team. But it, it it you could do a whole lot worse than Ryan Tannehill as your backup. And whether it's Tannehill or somebody else, if they're going to be able to get those sneaky two or three wins like you were talking about, Chris, it would help to have an improved offensive line and it would help to have a playmaker to be able to go to in that offense. And that's why the Jets are still reportedly in deep trying to get both Matt Paradis, the center from the Denver Broncos, and multiple-time Pro Bowl running back from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. All kinds of rumors here. Last night it broke that Matt Paradis was talking to the Broncos again. I suspect that he might be trying to use them as leverage now that the Bills signed Mitch Morse, but it's entirely possible it's the other way and that he's been using the Jets as leverage to go back to the Broncos. I guess we're going to see how that shakes out. And then with Le'Veon Bell, there's a bunch of suitors in the mix. We've heard about the Ravens. We're hearing the Raiders might be back into this now. We're hearing about the Bears as They've cleared some cap space, but ultimately what it comes down to is Max still has more cap space than any of these teams, even after the signings he's already made. So if he wants Bell, all he has to do is outbid these teams. The question is going to be whether he's willing to do that, what the final price is. The Jets are still by some accounts considered the front runner, but it's getting very interesting. I don't think it's a done deal or anything like that. I would say there's a good chance, but not a great chance. I can't really read the tea leaves on this one. There's so much conflicting information. So Chris, walk me through Paradis and Bell. Where are we with all this? All right. So with both of them, there's definitely leverage plays being played here. Uh, It's just like you said, it's a question of who's the leverage being used against and who is it trying to you know be yours used towards with paradise it definitely i was told that you know yesterday that it should get done it should get done and you know the bills were the only real competition for him and then the, the bills signed morris and a few hours went by so don't worry about it don't worry about it and then oh the broncos are getting involved again but the broncos have just signed Jawan james they signed uh cream jackson as well they don't have a ton of cap space to play with here. The Jets can definitely win that bid if they want to. So it it definitely seems and feels like that he's trying to use the Broncos to get a little bit more, squeeze a little bit more out of the Jets. Unless this was all a long play from Paradis all along where he used the Jets and the Bills as leverage against the Broncos. But again, I don't I don't see the Broncos being able to pony up for this. And this is a position of need for the Jets. They definitely need to do this. If they come away without Paradis here, they're going to have to look to the draft, most likely to get a center. That, that would be a, a big loss for the Jets. They need to get Paradis in. And I think they will. Uh, but And then on Le'Veon Bell's side, listen, I was, I was talking with you yesterday, uh, texting about telling you what I was hearing, that you know, the market isn't as uh, big for a Bell as we thought. Bell thought he was going to have a bigger market. The Jets thought that he was going to cost more money. And everybody's been is saying, and this is what I'm hearing too, that it's the Jets in front and there's really not hasn't been a close second. Now, since we first got on the phone and started reporting, I have seen Tristina Anderson said, that uh, there's a good likelihood the Bell would be picking between six teams. She said the Jets, the Colts, the Ravens, the Packers, the Texans, and the Bills. So now the Bills just signed Frank Gore. They still have Deshaun McCoy. They still have Chris Ivory. That seems a bit crazy. We've talked about the Colts and their interest in Bell. That seems like a stretch. 
they're just uh, making that connection because of the free money. The Ravens lost out on C.J. Mosley because they weren't willing to meet what the Jets did. I have a hard time seeing them go up there. And the Bears aren't even mentioned on this list, so that's kind of confusing um, because they're, they're moving uh, stuff around, restructuring. So there's a lot being out there, but this that feels like it's a uh, you know a play by lever by Bell and his agent to. Uh, to leverage the Jets and try to squeeze every last penny out of here. Because, again, the, the market isn't quite as big as everybody thought it was going to be. So Le'Veon's going to try to squeeze everybody out. And then I just want to add this one random thing here. Uh, Antonio Brown has changed his mustache back to normal. <laughs> Which indicates so, that perhaps it was all a ruse the whole time. Brilliant, and now now maybe the Jets should have traded for him. I'm only half kidding, but uh, but yeah, no, that I I take back a lot of what I said because he very clearly did that to uh, make everyone think he was that nuts. And what more can you do? You do that 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 sends the signal he's trying to send. That is an SOS signal, no question about it. Yeah, that's going to be interesting with Le'Veon Bell. There was also a report that Bell is expected to choose his team by the end of today. Who knows if that ends up happening, but we will see. I agree with you, though, as far as some of these teams that are being floated out there. Again, with the Colts, I've been told over and over again that the odds of them getting in on the bidding are very small, so... I don't see that happening, but this is going to get very interesting. I think the Jets can still sign Paradis and Bell money-wise, right? They can make that work? Yeah, absolutely. And that's even without even having to do any, you know, getting rid of, of Rashad Robinson, Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell, any of that. They, they can still fit that in. Uh, the concern there still is, again, they're going to have to address the cornerback position. They need to have some more depth and stuff. They need a second tight end still. So there's still other holes to fill. So how they can fit those two in with no problem, but how close to the cap is going to be the issue. And then what move corresponding moves will they have to do? You know, just again, they'll still have to bring on, try to bring Andre Roberts back. They would still like to bring Henry Anderson back is probably not going to happen at this point. I've heard he does have a lot of suitors, so they might not be able to win that uh, competition and bidding for him. But uh, they can definitely fit those two guys in. Now with all the Jets stuff out of the way, let's talk about the rest of the league briefly, Chris. We'll go through this. One move that had a domino effect on the Jets because I suspect he may have been their first choice over Anthony Barr or C.J. Mosley is Trey Flowers, the defensive lineman from the New England Patriots. He signs a new deal with the Detroit Lions. And he is now reunited with his former defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia. Sounds like the Jets were in on him big, but he didn't want the Jets. I heard that it was really, he didn't consider the Jets or anybody else except for uh, the Dolphins and the Lions. He wanted to go play for one of his former coordinators, either Flores in Miami or Patricia in uh, Detroit. Detroit uh, gave him the offer he was looking for, and he didn't waste any time. He didn't have any hard times making the decision. He went, and he's going to Detroit to play with Patricia again. And again, we talked about this. He's a really good player, all-around player, more than a pass rusher, but he will help that team uh, a lot of money. Uh, you know, hard to sit here and be like, oh, my God, the, the Jets should be glad they didn't overpay for him with the – the other contracts they gave out, um, and again, all free agents get overpaid. That's what happens when you hit free agency. That's how you the only way you can sign free agents. So if you want good free agents, you got to overpay. People have to stop saying stuff like that, like it's a bad thing. That's just par for the course. If you want to get the good ones, you're going to have to overpay for them. But, um, you know, I don't think this is a – a huge loss to the Jets, but he he was a he would have been a really nice player for him. Quan Alexander goes to San Francisco for thirteen and a half million dollars a year. There's another guy the Jets were supposedly in on. They then pivoted to C.J. Mosley. It looked like it was going to be one or the other. Quan Alexander getting that kind of money just shows what you just said, Chris. Guys get overpaid in free agency. That's just the way things go. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you know he got. A, a ton of money and I saw that contract and that's I uh, inspired me to tweet like okay CJ Mosley's gonna get even a little bit more 
Um, CJ Mosley's a better player, though. There's no doubt about it. He's a more consistent, more reliable a player. Um, so that that's a better move. If you're going to go after one of those guys, go after CJ Mosley. Um, definitely more reliable when it comes to dealing with injuries as well. So that was a good move there. And, uh, you know, the, 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 Jet, the Jets have added some talent. Again, we talked about it. That's what they needed to do, and that's what they're doing. Touched on this earlier when we talked about the Jamal Adams Twitter thing, but Landon Collins goes to Washington, and Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, goes to Kansas City. Both of them get $14 million a year. Matthew on a three-year deal, and Landon Collins on a six-year deal. This is insane money for safeties, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that I, I forget what the Landon Collins numbers look like, but I saw uh, you know the initial reports everybody saw and freaked out about which uh, we do this every year. We need to stop freaking out about the initial reports. First of all, we just collectively need to agree to stop freaking out about players getting paid in all sports and free agency. Every time it happens, whether we're talking basketball, baseball, football, oh my God, how who knows getting how much money this happens every year? The caps goes up, more money gets in, into it. There's going to, this is going to keep happening forever. So just get used to it. Stop saying about it. But uh, Landon Collins gets a six-year deal, which, you know, is going to be back-ended with a lot of funny money. Uh, that's an interesting move, though, because I don't know what Washington is doing besides being Washington and Dan Snyder being Dan Snyder. You know, they have Colt McCoy and Alex Smith as the quarterbacks, but Alex Smith is hurt, may never not play again. Then they went out and traded for Case Keenum, and now they're spending big money on a box safety. I mean, Washington's going to Washington, I guess. Dan Snyder's always going to find a way to mess that up. The Tyron Matthews one's an interesting one. He's not nearly the same player he was in Arizona, but still a real good player. And the Chiefs with that offense, if they can just upgrade that defense a little bit, they could be serious players and have a real contention for the Super Bowl there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with D Ford, what they end up doing there. Um, you know, we can talk about that with, I know that people still asking me about him with the Jets, but that's an interesting play too. And also interesting will be to wait to see what happens with Earl Thomas and how much money he ends up getting. Yeah, let's talk about D Ford since you brought him up. It looks like they're asking for a late second or an early third. The Jets got Anthony Barr, and they just spent a lot of money on Mosley. I know Mosley's not a pass rusher, but when you spend that kind of money at those positions, I'm not sure that you're really looking for another highly priced guy in that front seven. But if they hadn't landed Anthony Barr, I think that this might have been an interesting option because Ford is going to get paid, but he's a proven pass rusher who's one of the best ones in the league. He's still pretty young at 28 years old, and if they could have gotten him for a third-round pick, it definitely would have been worth looking at if they hadn't been able to make a move in free agency. Yeah, the the big concern with him is mostly that, like, you know, this, his contract year, was his breakout year. Uh, he's shown some flashes here and there, but he didn't really put it all together until this year. So there's some concern there. You're always a little hesitant to play somebody who waits until their contract year to have the breakout year. But, you know, to be able to, if they could just give up a third round pick for him and then pay him, that would have been something definitely worth taking a flyer on. I, I don't know that they'll be able to have, you know, if they, if they miss out on Paradise and Bell, then sure, they have the money there. But if they go sign Paradise and Bell, then that uh, cap space is getting a little tight for them. And again, they have these other things they still need to address, too. So I don't think they'd be able to uh, fit D Ford in under the salary cap, whether they want to or not, if they make those moves. But it, it would have been an interesting thing to look into and consider. And if if you can, if some team can get him for a late second or a third round, that that's worth it. Agreed. I think he's worth a late second or an early third, no question about it. When you have a guy who's 28 years old and already has shown that he can get to the passer, that is a very tough commodity to come by. And if that's all it costs you, especially if you have draft picks, I know the Jets don't have that many draft picks, but if you're a team like, say, the Raiders, if they weren't in the same division as the Chiefs, so there's not going to be a deal there, but they have a ton of picks, they can replace Khalil Mack with D. Ford with a third-round pick. 
that would be a pretty good option. So just an interesting thing out there as far as teams that miss out on pass rushers and free agency. He could be a very attractive choice for them via the trade market. But either way, D. Ford is going to get paid regardless of which team he gets traded to or if he stays with Kansas City. And another guy who's going to get paid is Nick Foles, who goes to Jacksonville like we all expected. Over $100 million with over $50 million guaranteed. Boy, I don't really like this because I don't think Nick Foles is that good. I think people are putting way too much stock in that brief run that he had on the way to the Super Bowl. And I get that he played really well during that stretch of games, but I've seen no evidence that he's anything more than a back-end starter at best and probably more of a high-end backup. I guess when you're desperate at quarterback, you make a move like this, plus he gets reunited with Filippo, which is why everybody assumed this would happen in the first place. But I just don't think this is going to be the solution that the Jaguars think it is. Yeah, and listen, uh, you talked about that Super Bowl run, and listen, he, he was great in the in the actual Super Bowl. He wasn't that great in the playoffs. He wasn't great at the end of the season looking into it. Uh, and also, that Eagles team was loaded. They had the, one of, if not the best, offensive lines in football. They had Zach Ertz. They had Alshon Jeffrey playing at incredible level you know jhi and all those guys were running all over the place that team was loaded people want to act like nick Foles put this team on his back and carried them to a super bowl that is not the case that uh rest of that jacksonville offense is nowhere near the level of what that super bowl winning eagles team was like and uh there's just far too many inconsistencies in nick Foles game for me uh you know his his remember his rookie year and everybody went nuts about how that happened with when he was playing with chip kelly and how great he was and then the next year he looked like what what people expected nick Foles to look like he wasn't he looked pretty bad with his stint with the rams and then he came back in and filled in there and i just don't see it working out that well for the jags but Tom Coughlin sees that Super Bowl ring and says, hey, I have familiarity with uh, a quarterback that everybody likes to overrate because the Super Bowl ring's there. I'll bring this guy in, too. So, you know, I would have made a run at somebody like Teddy Bridgewater. I would have tried to see if you could get in on Josh Rosen, see what happens there. I would have tried something different. I would have, same argument I was making last year with the Jets and, going to Kirk Cousins, sure, you can get him. Sure, he's better than what you have now. But I don't want somebody at that level of quarterback. I want to keep swinging for the fences until I get somebody with more upside than Nick Foles. Funny thing is, Anthony McFarlane tweeted out something that I kind of agreed with if he would have added a caveat to it, but I didn't really feel like tweeting it out and having people harass me over it. He said... Unpopular opinion, I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater than Nick Foles. Now, I would have said I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater for what he probably would cost than Nick Foles at the price point that Jacksonville got him at, and I'll stand by that. In a vacuum, the two of them, I think you could make a very strong case for Foles, but it's really not that big of a difference to me in talent level, especially if both of them are healthy. The question of course, with Bridgewater is more about the injuries, but at the price point, I would probably rather have Teddy Bridgewater, who by the way, goes back to the saints. I was mildly surprised by this because I thought that he'd go somewhere. We might at least have an opportunity to compete for a starting job, but As you said before we got on the air, Chris, I guess there was just no market for him. I think the Jets should have gotten in there, re-signed him, and then traded him again, get themselves an extra pick that they need. Absolutely. But here's the other thing with the Foles thing. I saw it reported yesterday. uh, Mike Garofalo was talking about it on NFL Network, that essentially the Jaguars knew they were bidding against themselves, but they still gave him that much money. And the reason why they did it is because they wanted to convince the players in the locker room that Nick Foles was definitely the guy. They didn't want to give him a a, a few more million less and have people be like, well, they're not totally sold on him. So they decided to overpay him just so they could try to convince the players in the locker room that he is definitely the guy. Like Jalen Ramsey won't start throwing him under the bus if if he's throwing three picks a game uh because they paid him a couple more million dollars that is absurd but the jags this is the jags we're talking about 
That's frighteningly stupid, and I can't even believe that there's a team that thought with that kind of logic, or I should say lack of logic, mind-numbing. I don't even know what to say about that, but a team that does operate with a lot of logic is the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard has already shown himself to be one of the smartest general managers in the league, although I will say... Scratching my head a little bit at this move that he made yesterday. We talked about Adam Humphreys getting four years, $36 million from the Titans. Jamison Crowder, three years, $28.5 from the New York Jets. Devin Funches, who I think is significantly worse than both of those guys, gets more money per year. It's a one-year deal, so I guess they're taking him for a test drive, and they'll see how it works out. But $13 million. Look, I'll give Ballard the benefit of the doubt here because I guess he kind of sees it as, like I said, take him for a test drive, see how it works out. It's only a one-year deal and they have a ton of cap space so they can see what they want to do after 2019. But it is a little weird to see a guy who, to me, is painfully average and Devin Funches get paid this kind of money. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I've never been a Funches fan coming out of college. He had that solid rookie year. I still wasn't a fan. And then he's fallen off since then. One, one thing I'll say for Ballard, though, we all kind of rolled our eyes and scoffed when he picked Eric Ebron last year as a free agent, signed him, and he had a great year. Of course, uh, the downside here is, you know, Funches uh, play, seemed to play worse and, and do worse, less productive whenever uh, Greg Olson was out on the field for the Panthers. So who knows what that, but it's a one-year deal, and the, the Colts have all types of cap space that they're apparently in no rush to use and spend so go ahead what really doesn't matter go ahead give them that 14 million for a year and give them a test run and see what happens real quickly just finishing off the rest of the major free agents the Packers get Adrian Amos from the Bears and then Zachary Smith goes to the Packers as well they just signed Preston Smith as well and will be releasing Nick Perry yeah so there you go Preston Smith and Zachary Smith the Smith brothers now with the Packers, good moves there. I think that the Packers are on the right track. Juwan James, who is the left tackle for the Miami Dolphins for the last few years, under Adam Gase, in fact, and apparently he was never in consideration here because he does not like Adam Gase, so that was never going to happen. But he goes to Denver on a four-year deal. And our old friend Sheldon Richardson goes to Cleveland on a three-year deal. I like that, Chris. We were talking about this before we came on the air. Cleveland's front seven is pretty loaded now as Sheldon jumps in there on a three-year deal. Yeah, the, I love the Sheldon move for them. I, I was reading off the names of that front seven, you know, Miles Garrett, uh, Larry Joby, uh, Manuel Agba. Like, they, they got some big boys, some disruptive players up front. That defense is going to be fun to watch. That whole entire team is going to be fun to watch. And, you know, I, I've, I've openly talked about my appreciation and love for Sheldon, so I'm happy to see him land on a good team and watch him play. He's, he's always been a really fun player to watch. And I, I, I like his personality, so uh, I'm, I'm always pulling for guys like that. It'll, it'll be fun to look at, watch from afar. Chris, before we go, breaking news, stunning development. Anthony Barr, who we talked all about earlier in the podcast, we were talking about how we thought he would fit in the Greg Williams defense and how he would be a pass rusher here and how he was going to be a major weapon going to get the quarterback for this Jets team. Looks like that's not going to happen because he has changed his mind and stunningly decided to stay with Minnesota. So now the Jets will have to move on to a backup plan. We'll see if this accelerates what they want to do in terms of Matt Paradis and Le'Veon Bell. If this lights a fire under them as far as getting those deals done. There are still options out there though, Chris. Justin Houston is still sitting out there. And as we mentioned earlier, but I think we both said it wasn't worth considering since they had just spent money on Barr, D. Ford is still sitting out there, and you could probably get him for that third-round pick that you have. If you spend your money on secondary options, it lessens the need to go secondary in that third round. So it's a possibility that they get into the D. Ford market here. Again, 28-year-old pass rusher who's very productive. So there are other avenues that the Jets could explore here, but wow, what a shocking turn of events. Yeah, man, uh, we were just talking off air. It's shades of uh, Anton Winfield. Uh, that I, I talk about. I think about that way too much, way more often than I should. Just random points in my life. I just remember that time Antoine Winfield signed a contract, agreed to a deal with the Jets, and then went back to Minnesota. This doesn't happen a lot. This is one of the things that's like super weird about why they even have this legal tampering period. Um, but it doesn't happen a lot, but it's happened to the Jets twice. And both t times the guy went back to Minnesota, uh, you know, now we got Preston Smith and Z Z 
Dakarius uh, Smith signed with the Packers. So those are two pass rushes off the market. But like you said, Justin Houston's still there. And we know what Justin Houston is as a pass rusher. It, you know, maybe maybe you, you can look at Barr and think there's a higher upside there. But And Justin Houston's definitely an older player, doesn't have as much left in the tank. But we know what he is as a pass rusher. He can still help the Jets so they could go turn their attention to sign him. And we really have to start looking at D Ford now. Like you said, it wouldn't have made sense with Anthony Barr here and that contract. They were going to be coming up close to the cap, especially if they went and signed Paradis and Bell, which, like you said, they should absolutely turn their attention to. And it, it sounds like Bell might have made up his mind. He's just not telling anyone and decided to just have some fun with everybody right now. But we're not sure. So we're waiting on that. Um, but they have going to have to think about D Ford now. Uh, if you can get him for one of those thirds, and then uh, the question will be, what will that contract cost? But we saw what he did last year, and you know, just go ahead and ignore that offsides because uh, in the <laughs> championship game against the Patriots, because no one wants to think about that. But uh, you know, he's he can rush the passer, get after the passer. Like I said, there's there's some concerns because it was his contract year. We had the huge breakout year. But uh, he could definitely help this team. They're going to have to turn their attention elsewhere, though. And, you know, the Jets have done some good things in free agency so far. But right now they have failed to uh, get a pass rusher. They still don't have a center, and they haven't got Le'Veon Bell yet. That could obviously all change. Two of those things could change before we get off this uh, phone call right here. So we'll have to wait and see. But this is definitely an interesting wrinkle that, uh, you know, you know, a little bit of a plot twist, as Garofalo said when he announced it. Yeah, Chris, it is the 15-year anniversary just about of when Antoine Winfield did this to the Jets. He had Perfect. an agreement in principle. It actually is a little bit different because in that case, he was coming from the Buffalo Bills and then uh, decided yeah, to right. go to Minnesota, whereas this is Barr getting cold feet and going back to his old team. So it's a little bit different. But yeah, this is crazy that this happened twice. And both times, it was the guy going off to Minnesota. I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed. I really wanted Barr. I thought he would be a great fit in this defense and thought he could do some really nice things as a pass rusher. But now you move on to something else First of all, like I said Go and do whatever you gotta do to get Paradis and Bell Who should have been the top priorities To begin with So Mac, please go ahead and get that done The Jets need both of those players very, very badly And then after that, as far as pass rusher You do have the draft as an option But also, yeah. like we said, Justin Houston Sitting there, I would call him and his agent And if not, check in on D Ford Like I said, giving up a third round pick for him Seems like a pretty solid investment even if you have to pay him $15, million, $17 million, so what? That's the money you were going to allocate to Barr anyway. And you already know that D Ford is a proven pass rusher, whereas with Barr, it was all projection. I like the projection, but at least with Ford, you know what you're getting, and that's a guy who can give you double-digit sacks. He's already proven that he can do it. So now we see where this goes. It'll be interesting to see where Paradis and Bell land. We'll see where the Jets pivot on the pass rusher issue. We'll see if they now invest some money into the secondary. Lots to be determined, Chris, as we continue through day two of the legal tampering period. In the meantime, for everybody who's going to be looking for all the up-to-date news and rumblings, you know that you can go to TurnOnTheJets.com. And of course, Chris, you are a very big deal, and you've got a place that people can turn to as well. Yeah, you can find it at JetsInsider.com and... uh especially hey, right now until some of these deals done, I'm basically going to be posted up on Twitter on the twitter.com at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. So if you got any questions, you want any updates, you can look for me tweeting there. My phone freezing up a bit on me because I think I've, uh, you know, gone over my maximum limits on what my phone's capable of typing uh, lately. So it's <laughs> starting to freeze up, but I got my iPad, I got my laptop. I can switch back and forth between devices if need be. So I'll be most spending most of my time posted up on Twitter, uh, trying to figure out what's next and what what's coming down the pipeline here. Two of the best websites you could possibly go to for all the latest and greatest in Jets news. That's JetsInsider.com and, of course, TurnOnTheJets.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.